All right, everybody, peace. Welcome to the Sorry to Bother You podcast. And wherever or however you are listening, we are so grateful to have you here with us. And we're just happy to be back in the studio. Guys, uh, it's been a couple weeks. We uh, we were off for break. Uh, still have practices and weightlifting, of course, though. But we finally have some time to get in the studio. We are fresh out of the weightlifting session for our team. Uh, decided to head straight over here to the studio so we can get a quick session in real quick. And joining me today, guys, per your request, is our new and permanent co-host of the show, Mr. Dre Pennington. Hey, how we doing, guys? Hey, hey, hey. How we doing? How we doing? I'm so glad you guys wanted me back. So glad to be here. I can't wait. We're back talking about sports. It's been a lot happening lately. Dre, we're so happy to have you here with us permanently. And on behalf of Nerf uh, Podcast, Nerf Radio, we're grateful to have you here, man. But this means that you can't show up late to our meetings anymore, bro. I know, man. Got to come on time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but how you feeling, though, bro? How you feeling? Uh, I'm good, man. You know, it's gonna be a good week. I'm feeling. I'm feeling good about this week, honestly. Yeah. We got a lot to catch up on, bro. Oh, we do. A lot, a lot. What do you yeah. think we should talk about today? Uh, you know what? Since it's, like, you know, it's New Year. It's let's, New Year. Yeah. yeah. 2020. We'll, we'll let you start this one off. I got you. You you start this one. You want me to start this yeah, one? All start. right, guys. We've got a lot in store for you guys today. We're gonna be talking about. The divisional round recap of the NFL playoffs. A lot of great games. A lot of great storylines in there we're going to cover. We're also going to talk about the college football playoff championship game with LSU and Clemson. Ooh. Should be in for a good game. Um, it should be a better one than the LSU routing Oklahoma. That's that's what I'm hoping. <sighs> that was something else. That was heartbreaking. To but watch. we'll leave that right there for right now. <laughs> uh, we also... We're going to be talking about Kyrie Irving and his return from his two-month absence. See how he performed the other day. And we're also going to be talking about a very interesting topic today, guys, which is, is loyalty within a team when it comes to their cohesiveness overrated? That might be a sore topic for some people in the studio, but... We'll just, I mean, you know, it happens. It's okay. It happens. Okay. And then we're gonna, uh, we'll tackle your questions from the public as well. Uh, and we've got a lot in store for you guys today. Uh, let's let's get into it, Dre. All right. So, as you guys know, a uh, lot of football, a lot of football this past weekend. Uh, let's start with the number one seed in the AFC, Baltimore Ravens, going up against the Tennessee Titans. Dre, what did you what did you see during that game? Um, well, first, let, let's... For those who don't know the score, let's give them the score. Uh, Tennessee won, twenty-eight to twelve. Uh, so Dre, what do you, what you see? What you see during the game? Look, that game was it. To me, honestly, it was never close. It was never a close game. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it, it just seemed like the offense was kind of clicking here and there. Like they had their their chances. They were, they tried to get things started, but. It seemed like the defense was still on, like, you know, vacation a little bit. Like, they, they took an extra week off. Yeah, so do you think, though, that amount of time that they had in between games for Baltimore was detrimental to them or I, had an effect on the way they played? I definitely think it, it had an effect. Like, they were – they came out kind of like a day school. And then um, on top of that, if you guys watch – if anybody ever wants to rewatch it, Derrick Henry had his way against their defense. Right. Like, they – they like it. He he was a man amongst boys out there. It looked like honestly, right? And you know, Dre, I remember we were talking the other day, and you said that Derrick Henry kind of reminds you of Eric Dickerson in terms of his size and the way he's able to get to his top end speed quickly. Yeah, 
really fast actually yeah um if you got so there was a play i think it was around the second quarter he ran up the middle he broke broke two tackles and he was run like one of the dbs was running right next to him but mm-hmm. he ha- he just had that click and it was just breakaway speed right there right and he, he couldn't he couldn't really catch him like he's it was it was kind of it was a little crazy and you honestly. know you know what's interesting dre he derrick henry was had the same level of productivity at Alabama. You know, people forget that he was a Heisman winner back in 2015. It's very true. You know, I think what happened is he had a, his rookie year didn't live up to the expectations that people had, and so people started to already write him off as a bust. But you know, now that he's he led the league in rushing this year, he had a great game against New England, and now he had another great game against Baltimore. He's finally getting the recognition that he deserves. Yeah. But you know, with things with with big running backs like that, Dre, you know this that, you know, you can you can you can stack the box against yeah. them right defensively. But it's still going to take you know three or four guys to bring someone like Derrick Henry, his size, bring him down. Like Derrick Henry is six five, two fifty. Is he really? Dang, he's he's massive. <laughs> he is massive. So he's listed at six three, but you know, you know, he he looks bigger on TV. Yeah, I would I would yeah. say he looks closer to six yeah. four than yeah. six three. It's insane. Like, that's a yeah. D lineman. That's yeah. a D lineman running the ball and getting that. So imagine being a DB or a linebacker, and you're you're getting that much impact every single play for three quarters. Once you get to the fourth quarter, you don't want to make a tackle anymore. You're thinking about your own self-interest, and I'm like, yo, I'm just gonna push yeah, more to the sideline. <laughs> I'm telling you, they like he was run, like he was running possessed. It was crazy yeah. watching that game. Yeah, but it like was, you, like you were saying, Tennessee did a good job of controlling the line of scrimmage. They did. There, yeah. it was like their their front. I want to say their their offensive line and their defensive line. Like they mm-hmm. they had a game plan and they executed their game plan. Yeah, absolutely. It was to a T. Right. They bottled they bottled everyone up like they bottled up Lamar and everything like that. Even though he still probably had, I think, I want to say like maybe four hundred all purpose all, all, all yards. Purpose. All yeah, purpose. Yeah, at least three fifty passing. Yeah, yeah. He he had his he got his yards, but he didn't have that like um, what is it like that super impact play. Yeah, like they they didn't let him make those big big plays. Like he had to get those every like it, it was like small plays that added up to something big. Right. So do you think that this is more? Good Tennessee or bad Baltimore? I would say it's more good Tennessee because they okay. executed their game plan. Okay. And they've done it now for two games in a row. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Marlon Humphrey, uh, cornerback from Baltimore, he was quoted as saying that they just choked. I wouldn't say that. I, then he, he should put that on the defense. The offense did their – like, they, they still came out and they tried to do a good job. Like, you know, they couldn't score every time. But right. when your defense is just giving up every, like – every other drive what mm-hmm. like what do you want to do like what? right but i think this shows dre how good baltimore's defense was throughout the entire season because you know with baltimore their offense the type of offense they run it's hard for them to play from behind yeah no because no. they run the ball you so can't much. you would you would think that it's like an explosive offense but that that only go there's only two teams in the NFL that really has that super just explosive offense. Mm-hmm. One we're gonna get on we're gonna probably talk about later. But yeah. um Baltimore's not like that. Like they they control they're they they control the pace. Control, right, yeah. control the clock. And that puts more pressure on the defense when either the offense turns the ball over or they're not, you know, scoring. Yeah. And it shows how how few times Baltimore actually had to play from behind. Yeah. 
because they were so dominant throughout the regular season. Got to give the credit to their defense. Yeah. And um, I would say they – do. Do should we get on their receivers a little bit? Like, they did they drop any key passes like that? I think Tennessee's DBs did a good job of jamming the uh, – jamming the Baltimore receivers and they good they did a good job of taking away the middle which is where Lamar likes to get his passes thrown yeah. into but there were some key drops I will say there were some key drops hey man you're gonna have that every game but every game yeah but you know people and then there's the there's the notion that you know Lamar Jackson choked he come on man he had a good game still he did he did but people were also saying that you know they were empty calorie stats because they like said they were playing from behind so, so him trying to make a comeback is just <laughs> empty calories. I don't, I don't, I don't. So, I mean, so where does the blame go on? Um, or like you said, it's just good Tennessee. It's, it's, it's good. I think it's just good Tennessee, honestly. I agree. I agree, Dre. So, how will this? Do you think this is going to have any effect on Baltimore going forward? Um, not really. You kind of just got to regroup. And you know, this is this is what his second year in the league now. Lamar's second year. Come on, man, he's second year in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like he's he's gonna figure it out. Yeah. He's had a, he's he had an amazing growth yeah. rate between his first and second year. And the team grew with him, grew around him, and it's gonna be exciting to see where they go moving forward because yeah. this is a young team. I would say so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For the most part. Yeah. For the most part. They're like key players, I would They're say. Cool. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's gonna be exciting to see how they bounce back from a long off season, long training camp. And how they perform next season, but congrats to Tennessee on playing amazing. Hey, y'all got there. Yeah. So your boys, Dre. Yeah. Took down the Minnesota Vikings the oh, other day, man, by a score of twenty-seven to ten. Oh, I was about to tell you that real fast. Twenty-seven. 10. I know you, I, you had it, bro. <laughs> no, but don't no because were you not the one that was talking during practice talking about? Ah, I don't know, man. Minnesota, baby. Look, do I was, it. I was, I was wavered because I didn't expect Minnesota to get to the next round. I was like, oh, this might be one of those, like, you know, you remember one of the years where, like, you know, the the person that isn't the favorite at all, or just is like getting, like, the team that's not the favorite at all, just has a magical season. It yeah. just gets far for sure. And I was just like, oh my god, like not not us, like don't, <laughs> not us, not, not not for us, like that's that's not happening. This, this, don't let this happen this time. Yeah. Hey, and defense was dominant. You know, we bottled up Cousins. Mm-hmm. He he, I wouldn't say he struggled, but more so we we made a key, we made key plays that we needed to. You guys had six sacks. Telling you, Bosa Bosa looks like phew, easily one of the one of the best def- uh, one of the best DNs in the NFL. Defensive player of the year? I think so. Really? His he made an immediate impact as soon as he came here. Okay. Immediate. Okay. That's interesting. I I think Garoppolo was a key factor in your guys' win because of the fact he avoided turnovers. Which means you guys were able to control tempo, get the play action going, and hit and beat Minnesota on those deep balls. And all, <laughs> no, 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 no. Keep going with that. Yeah, and with, uh, you know, the thing with Minnesota, they uh, they looked better than what they really were against New Orleans, <laughs> which yeah. shows that New Orleans' defense wasn't really that good. And quite frankly, listen, Kirk Cousins, sometimes you just got to accept people for what they are. Kirk Cousins is an above-average 
slightly above average quarterback. Put it like put it like this, Trey. He is he is who a great under a great overachiever. But I mean, would you rather him overachieve or underachieve? Talking about his standard, where he's knowing what we see, he's. Yeah. <laughs> I I honestly I think he's. I still think he's he's good. At, he's pretty good. I just think this was just not their year. This wasn't their year. Even though they're they had a what their defense was great. They got probably had they probably have all the weapons. They just ran into a better team. Right. So what else? So what else does Minnesota need then? Because it seems to have they that's, have. That's crazy that you know people do. We we are bringing this up. What. When you think about it, when you think about Minnesota, what's the one thing that like that you have a question mark on them? Kirk Cousins. Hey, and that's the that's the person who gets paid the highest on their team. You like that? I I don't I, I honestly like what do you want to do? What do you want you want to trade them? Do you want to get someone else? Do you look in the draft maybe? Uh I don't know. So you wait 3 years, wait till everyone gets old and then and then Bringing that new person, I Minnesota overpaid for a subpar quarterback. A subpar quarterback. All right, we can we can we can agree. We, we can agree, agree on yeah. that one. He's a great overachiever, man. The worst talented overachiever though I've ever seen. Hey, but he got that he got that win he against you know uh, Drew Brees and company. Yeah, with a great pass by the way. That was a great pass. But yeah, I think this is more good San Francisco. Yeah. At Minnesota. I would I, think so. Yeah. I think San Francisco is starting to reach their peak. Um, especially on the defensive end. Like the they're starting to get healthier now, but they're getting guys back in the secondary. And you can see that it was hard for Thielen and Diggs to really get open against that man coverage. Uh Diggs got open one time on the touchdown, but the coverage was still good on that play. And uh with the with the ability for San Fran to run the ball, they do a good job of controlling pace and controlling the clock and well, that that goes, you know, along with um, they have a great run game. Yeah, yeah, great run game. Yeah, and one of the better. I I would think now one of the better uh, offensive linemen. One of one, some good, some pretty good offensive linemen. In, I'd agree with that. I yeah. agree with that. I agree with that. It's going to be interesting to see how they perform in the NFC Championship game. They got Rodgers. I mean, yeah, Rodgers and company. <laughs> but speaking of uh, speaking of good quarterback. Or, Subpar quarterbacks. Ooh. This next game Ooh. that we're gonna talk about had two amazing, talented quarterbacks in Kansas City and Houston. Uh, as you guys know, Houston was up twenty-one to nothing in the second quarter, and Kansas City stormed back, scoring twenty-one, uh, twenty-one unanswered points. Right? Yeah. Um, twenty-four so answered. Twenty-four unanswered. Yeah. So if anyone was like watching that game, they ended up winning fifty-one thirty-one. By yeah. the way, sorry. Yeah. So if anyone was like watching that game, and once they got up twenty-one zero, and were just like, okay, let me, let me just go, let me leave for like a quarter and see what happens. You missed the whole. <laughs> you missed one of probably one of the the best like, that's probably one of the the greatest comebacks I've seen in just in a, like a quarter. In a quarter, not in a game. In a quarter. In a quarter. In a quarter. <laughs> like, that is crazy how that just happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, Houston got out to, like I said, a three-score lead by, you know, uh, capitalizing on a turnover via the special teams of Kansas yeah. City and scoring an offensive touchdown, or two offensive touchdowns, but uh, and they're re- returning another one for a touchdown off a of scoop and score. But... I don't think the game was really as uh, 
as you know as blown out as the score would say. Yeah, I'll say the score is very like mis misleading. I'll say that very misleading. I think Kansas City they look composed throughout that time they were down. They never it lo- it didn't ever look like they were f- uh, flustered. Well, it was if if you really look at it, it was just a couple key like just key plays where they just kept they weren't clicking. I would say um, people were dropping passes. Yeah. That they normally catch, mm-hmm. like um, Kelsey. Yeah, like Kelsey had Hill like several, several different drop passes. Um, several. Hill was dropping passes. Sammy Watkins was dropping passes. Like, yeah, people that you don't think of like just drop passes like that, mm-hmm. and they were doing it that first quarter. I would, what first quarter and maybe two minutes in the second maybe quarter? the second quarter. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. then um, I want to. I would say that I think their defense stepped up a little bit, mm-hmm. and that that helped out a lot. Yeah. But all in all, that they're you know they started catching everything. They, yeah, it, man, Mahomes is looking like Mahomes he out looked, there. He looks he looks good. Yeah. But you know, like you were saying, the weapons that Kansas City has. I think Travis Kelsey had three touchdowns. Yeah, or two touchdowns. I'm sorry, last night. But I know he had over 100 yards receiving. And you know, when this offense gets going, Kansas City, it's 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 like watching the video game. You know, the way they run. I'm telling you, their offense. Crazy. And. Houston has a, has an excellent defense, you know, and for for Kansas City to do what they did to Houston defense, I think says a lot about how Kansas City is starting to reach their stride and kind of peak yeah. in terms of their level of play. But I think Deshaun Watson with Houston, I think he, I thought he played an excellent game. Uh, he, he didn't play bad. He had circumstances. So he. Watson, he threw 52 times, but, you know, like... Playing from behind. Yeah, playing from behind. He yeah. he still had almost 400 yards. And I still think Houston has the worst offensive line in the playoffs, at oh, least. Oh, they do, yeah. by far. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, when you watch Desha- Deshaun Watson play, you never feel, you get that feeling where that they're always in the game simply because of his talent. And I, you. You, don't, you don't get that feeling with watching everybody play and I think that separates him from other quarterbacks and he has a enact ability to make for making the right plays at the right time because they were Houston was able to mount a little slight comeback before Kansas City kind yeah. of blew it out the water but I would say third second or third quarter it was it was closer than what it seemed mm-hmm. um they were starting to like you know make their make their strides and start coming back but Hey, that that guy on the sideline named Mahomes just pushed pushed out of reach. Couldn't really do anything after that. So if you're starting a franchise right now, would you rather have Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes? Um, Patrick Mahomes, just because we're seeing now, we're like we've seen the last what two years what he's we what he's like what he's able to do with just a couple weapons, mm-hmm. and that it, that dude looks amazing. Okay, let's switch. Let's have them switch. Put Deshaun Watson on Kansas City and Mahomes with Houston. With Houston, is Houston as good as they are now? Um, I still think you might take Mahomes just okay. because his arm talent is ridiculous. Yeah, his ability to throw on the run. Yeah, incredible. stronger arm. I think he's more mobile than Watson. He might be a little bit. Okay, and he's a little more. Uh, he like he's accurate. Like he is an accurate passer. Yeah. That's fair. I'm taking Watson, man. You like Watson better? Yeah, really? he he has he has that intangible that you can't teach. The calming effect. Yeah. 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 His ability to be calm under pressure, make the right plays, and 
make the right the ability to make the right play in clutch situations. I want to see how Mahomes performs in multiple clutch situations because the only time I've seen him have to really perform in a clutch situation was last year in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, and he did. He performed well, but I want to see him do it multiple times. Once he does that, then I'll take him over Watson. But I've seen Watson just annihilate great defenses too many times yeah. in college and in the league. So, I mean, it's like like I said, like I honestly believe either or you can go oh, towards it, it, and it's not a bad bad one. Yeah, it's just all what you what you want or what your team needs. Right, and these are both young talents, young talented quarterbacks that are going to dominate the league for a long time, man. Speaking of uh, slightly older quarterbacks, but are still pretty dominant in their own right, Green Bay and Seattle. Uh, Green Bay won by a score of 28-23. They uh, deflected a comeback attempt by Seattle late in the fourth quarter by converting on a late third down from uh, Aaron Rodgers to Jimmy Graham. Uh, Green Bay seemed to dominate throughout this game. Dre, what uh, what did you see? I was going to say that. I was like, it wasn't. The score set makes it seem a little bit closer than it, what it was, but initially, I want to say, what third quarter was when it was like it got a little interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, for sure. That's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you had Green Bay winning this game, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I I was like, yo, I think Green Bay will do it, just because Rogers fi- in the last like maybe three four years, Rogers finally has a defense. Yeah. That he can like lean on. Yeah, 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 and the defense. Uh, stepped up in this game. Uh, they really, I think they did a good job of holding Russell Wilson, keeping him in the pocket. So, like, you know, good job of attacking the edges and yeah, keeping him not letting him like extend so many plays. Like, I think that I think they did let him. I didn't let him do do that as much. Absolutely. And then also the weapons around what Rogers stepped up. You know, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, the running back, Jimmy Graham as well, did a good job of complimenting Rogers as well. Oof. Man, I'm telling you, yeah. I'm I'm a little I'm a little 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 scared of you know Green Bay, but I think we got it. I think we got it. We, yeah, we. we. You already know it's Gosh, a we. How many teams do you have, Trey? I only you know I only go for the Niners. That's the only team I talked about. Oh man. Okay, so I I I think Aaron Rodgers is for the first time in his career the beneficiary of a talented team. Uh, on the offensive and defensive end, really, you collectively. You don't think the the year they got the ring, they he didn't have. Aside from that year, aside from that year, yeah. Um, what about the the year they lost in the? Is it the? Was it the AFC? NFC. 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 Well, the year they lost in the NFC championship. Championship. Which year? Um, the, the most recent one when they lost yeah. to Atlanta. I think that defensively they were a little weak. And I think that Aaron Rodgers does a good job of making the talent around him look better than what they really are. And I think this year, with the addition of a running game to complement Rodgers' yeah. Rogers passing game, and, like I said, the ability to add defensive players, key defensive players, it uh, takes a lot of pressure off Rodgers, and so he never has to feel like he has to make that play at that moment to so, keep them in the game. So he maximizes everyone's potential. everyone's potential. I think he does. I think he does. And I think he plays looser and more relaxed now because he doesn't have to worry about making the the right play in that very moment because the defense might not do his job. Yeah. He knows that the defense is going to do his job now because they're, right they're there. better. They're, yeah. They've been killing. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. I, I can understand that. Yeah. But we're definitely going to be 
uh, looking forward to some great championship uh, Man, matchups. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be good. Going good. Uh, but that was our divisional recap, guys. Uh, let's go to some college football. Oof. Uh-oh. Woo. Hey, this is going to be a good one. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for this game. I'm not lying to you. Two undefeated teams, man. Number one, uh, LSU. And number three, four? Clemson? Three. Three. Number three, Clemson. Uh, two undefeated teams, both conference champions. Both have great, talented quarterbacks. Both have an amazing receiving core. Both have key, de- uh, really great defenses. I mean, Dre, I mean, this is just, I mean, it's shaping up to be a championship game for the ages. Yeah. Just with all the storylines and everything coming in. More more than the, uh, the what was it, Georgia, the Georgia Alabama? Uh, well Georgia Alabama championship yeah. game better than that one. You can't uh, answer that one. All right, we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait till after. Yeah, because that was a good. Yeah, that was a good championship game. That was a good championship game. All right, so um, I, I think this is gonna be a close one. You I think, think it's gonna be closer? Close. Yeah, I think it'll be closer. Yeah. Um, not a shootout though. Mm-hmm. And Clemson is not. I don't think they're as talented as I thought starting the season that, as they are. Okay. I, and I didn't realize how talented LSU really was. Until the Oklahoma until, game? Until, no, or, no, no. I, I knew way, way before, before that. that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think it'll be closer than what than, than what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a – I think it might be in, in by a field goal. By like Really? I think I'm thinking by a field goal. Maybe maybe it's going to be in less than, a, than I think a touchdown. In really? In my opinion. Okay, okay. Uh, Dre, this game is not going to be close oh, at all. Oh, man. LSU is going to dominate on the offensive end. Big predictions. They are going to just <laughs> – they're going to control the, the line of scrimmage on the defensive end. Yeah. And I think they're going to give Trevor Lawrence a lot of trouble, uh, you know, in terms of his time in the pocket. And I think that – I don't think – I know the defense – for Clemson is not going to be able to match up throughout the entire game with LSU's offense. It's not going to be close, uh, Dre. I just I see LSU really dominating this game. I have LSU winning by a score of forty-five to twenty-one. Big, so we're we're not not only big predictions, but a big score prediction. That is that's a big score. Forty-five twenty-one, but I won't be surprised if LSU gets sixty again on Clemson. That's so you're saying. The Clemson defense is as bad as the Oklahoma defense. No, but I think that just that says that's, how good. You think that's how just how good they LSU, are. LSU uh, could have had eighty on Oklahoma if they would have played with maximum intensity the entire game. You know they laid off in that second half. Oh yeah, no, no, they definitely <laughs> did. They were like, there's no, there's no reason. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Clemson has also been the beneficiary of a weak conference, uh, coming into the college football playoff. I think they matched up better with Ohio State, which is why they were able to win that game. But I don't see them matching up well with LSU. Uh, we'll see, man. I gotta, I gotta wait to see that one. Um, but I'll give a score of because I think Trevor Lawrence is gonna have. I think he'll have a big game, mm-hmm. but I don't think they'll win. I think I think he'll just have a great game though. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go 38, 38-33. Clemson, no, 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 LSU, LSU. Okay, okay. I, I said, I said less than. I said maybe a touchdown or less. I'll go with that. Okay, so if we set the over under at 
F45, you're going under 45. I'm going under 45. I'm, yeah, I'm not... Right. I'm not. I'm not believing someone's hanging sixty or fifty, sixty or forty-five in in the championship game. I will not be surprised if I had to ch- if I had to choose an over under. It's over forty-five. But I'm being because it's a championship game and Clemson is championship pedigreed and they're used yeah. to this moment. I'm giving them that leeway to hold yeah. LSU. To you think you think Joe Burrow's is going to have a a field day? Can't stop Joe. Oh my god. Can't stop right. Joe. <laughs> Alright, we'll see. We'll see. It's gonna be a good game though, guys. Uh really looking forward to that game. Uh let us know what predictions what you guys think are who's who do you think is gonna win that game. Uh let's talk some basketball, Trey. Hey some good one of basketball. My favorite segments. As you guys know, Kyrie Irving returned last night from an injury that kept him out two months. He returned in a home game, uh going up against Atlanta Hawks and he had, in the very efficient game, he had 21 points, <clears throat> three assists, and four rebounds while shooting 10, of, 10 for 11 from, uh, from, the field, uh, from the field and shooting and shooting 100% from the three-point line, all while playing only 20 minutes. I think he played less than that, honestly. Was it only 20? It's, it says 20 right here. Oh, and he had a plus-minus of 22, by the way. Oh, my Lord. So he had a monster game coming back. <laughs> Amazing game. Dre, uh, do you think that Brooklyn is a playoff team now with Kyrie back in the lineup? I mean, remember that before when I said, if if anybody remembers back when I said, I was like, my surprise team was um, the Nets because they're losing with, uh, with Kyrie. Yeah. And I guess, like, this is the first game back, so you can't really tell. Right. But I think... I think they'll be a playoff team. I just don't know what seed specifically. Okay. Do you think that Kyrie will be able to ingratiate himself within the offense in the way that Brooklyn has been playing and not take away from not the away rhythm from, yeah. that other players have had? Um, I will. Yeah, I think I think he will. I think that that thing in Boston like really taught him a lot about his game or himself, mm-hmm. and I don't think that was necessarily his fault. Yeah, uh, I think that was just so many guys, so many talented guys on one team, and no one really really had like a specific role. Yeah, no one wanted to, to become like that role player for something specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this team is a little bit different because I think they they all like are they're all gonna fall fall in line. Not not saying like Kyrie's an authority fate, like you know that type of authority type. Of, like so you like wouldn't that. consider Kyrie a leader? I wouldn't say leader, but I think he – I think it's just a little bit different for this team. I think okay. this team, he, they're going to lean on him a lot Okay. because he's able to go get 50 if he needs to. Would you say that he lacks leadership qualities? Uh, I think so sometimes, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'd agree with that. I think that Kyrie is going to be obviously an amazing – first of all, guys, Kyrie is an amazing t- – I think Kyrie, when healthy, is the best point guard in the league. I think when you, you you add him to any team and they're going to be better. But I do believe that it will take a couple games for just because of the way Kyrie plays, he's pretty ball dominant. It's going to take a while for not well, not a while, a couple of games for him to ingratiate himself back into the offense and to how Brooklyn plays. Because if you notice when you're watching Brooklyn play, the ball movement was much more not, not it was more fluid and there's much more side to side rotations of the ball. Yeah. And I think it will take a while for uh, for Kyrie to get acclimated back into that 
uh, back into that offense. But it's good to see that his rhythm is still there, and he hasn't lost his, his first step at all after being out for two months. Because as you know, Dre, when you're out for that for an extended period of time like that, it might it takes a couple of days, quite frankly, a couple of weeks for you yeah, to get your some weeks, man. you know get back into that game like rhythm and movements. But I I I wish that Kyrie had been healthy this entire season because I think Kyrie would have been an all NBA. Think so. Talent. Yeah, all NBA. At least all NBA second team, I believe, if he was healthy this entire season. Um, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe not first. Maybe not second team. I think he would have. He still would have been an All Star, but his numbers wouldn't have. I don't think they would have dropped or anything like that. And I don't. I, in my opinion, I think these next couple games will tell a lot about him and his health. Mm-hmm. Because, I. If you think about it, when's the last time Kyrie's played like a full, like a more than I want to say, sixty-five games, more than seventy games? More than seventy, I think it's been at least three years. It's been at least three years. Yeah, yeah. So that that's what I want to see. We'll see what happens though. Uh, this will definitely be an interesting team, especially since you know this isn't their year. They're, they're this is just a. This is just a year that they're just wiping wiping away because they're you know they're, what they're really waiting on. Yeah, for the yeah. best player in the league to come yeah. back. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but yeah. I think I think Kyrie getting healthy and finding his pace. I say by the the eighth game, he'll 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 like he'll be in in their offense. They'll be perfectly fine. Let me ask you this: with a healthy Kyrie on this broken team, do they beat? Do they beat Boston in the seven-game series? Mm, I don't know about that one because Boston's really good right now. Okay. I you know I I think that I I I think after watching Kyrie play yesterday, I do believe that he's able to be efficient without shooting the ball as often yeah. as he's used to. Yeah. And I, you know, Dre, when you're on the sideline, it really teaches you to look at the game from a different perspective. Yeah. And with him being this is first year in Brooklyn, I think he's now able to see a different perspective on how he needs how how he should be playing within the offense, and I think it's really going to affect his game so, for the better. So you think he's more he's going to be a little less ball dominant, more like leaning leaning on his teammates a little more? Yeah, because think about it, that's what makes Curry so effective: his ability to move off the ball. Uh, his ability to move off the ball is what makes him more effective as opposed to if he was just ball dominant. Yeah. Because now he's he's a, he's always a threat, even when he, without the ball. And I think Kyrie's going to learn to do that. And I think it's going to make it not only a more efficient player, but a more productive player as well. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I, all blessings to Kyrie. I hope that does work out for him, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. He needs, he needs to be on the court. Yeah. Him and his, duo, his co-partner, KD. Yeah. But uh, speaking of KD, guys, I'm sure you guys saw over the weekend that uh, him and his former teammate Kendrick Perkins had a little spat over Twitter. <laughs> Twitter fingers, man. Uh, so and that led us to to this, to this topic today. We're going to talk about which is is loyalty within a team when it comes to their cohesiveness and productivity overrated. Hmm. What do you think, Dre? Um, <clears throat> I would say it all depends on your team. That's that's what it. It's literally what it comes down to. It depends. It's a team team thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Durant thing when he left and everything. 
eh, that happens. I think it, especially when it comes to like the um, like the NBA and stuff like that, mm-hmm. people get traded all the time. Right. You know, but at, the, at least in this moment, you get to pick and choose where you want to go. That's how I look at it. You know, Dre, but, you know, speaking of loyalty, do you think there's just some things that are said and done within a locker room just needs to stay within the locker room? And also, come, you, you know, when you when you, when you you share blood, sweat, and tears with somebody, yeah. you're forming that bond. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, you, you, like, like you, build a, you build a bond like that. Like, you, that it's, it's not something you can just talk. Like, it's not something you can explain. Right, and that should... Don't you think that that would cause some people to not say certain things or throw certain teammates, former teammates, whatever, under the bus due to that bond they form, that loyalty, for lack of better words? Yeah, but we also got to remember Kendrick Perkins is now in, like, media. Mm-hmm. So he's he's probably been saying some things, like, not, like, indirectly towards Durant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people people eventually get tired of things. But he did go a little far with the uh, bringing out stats and stuff like that. Like that's well, that's actually, KD brought up. The- <laughs> yeah, like KD, that, that that's that's far. Like I wouldn't, I, I would think that he would not do that to Perkins, who is one of his friends. Right. Uh, and yeah, you know, and that's and that's talking about former teammates, Dre. And let's get more specific and talk about current teammates. Current teammates do you think loyalty really is important though when it comes to the cohesiveness of the team? Yes. Yeah. If you all right, so let's all right, let's look back at it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. The the Warriors last year, what was one of the biggest things that happened that whole year that people kept bringing up? Draymond calling Katie the yeah, B- calling him out. Yeah, yeah, because B- they kept asking about what are you going to do for free agency? Right. The number one thing that Katie probably got the whole year, and the whole team just kept thinking that like that's all that was just in the back of their heads was just oh well. What's KD about to do for free agency? Like, is he going to be loyal with us or is he going to stay? Like, you can understand now why, like, that sits in the back of your head. Like, you're going to be thinking about that. Like, is he going to play now? Is he going to leave us or is he going to stay and be with us and try to get more championships? Like, you just, like, it just leaves a, don't, like, a question mark. Like, oh, well, we don't know. Right. So, do you, so you think that that, that, that can divide? I think it can be team. a big distraction. Okay. Yeah. You know, I think the the contrarian perspective would be that basketball is entertainment. Entertainment is a business because yeah. it involves money, and you have to not be so emotionally involved with the people you work with. Yeah, but come on now, like you you spend more time with the guys on that court than you do with your own families most times. Uh, we have. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like that's. You do that in college. You do that in, in, I would say, high school. Yeah. That's why, like, most times, if you if you ever notice, when you ever, you, like, talk to basketball players, you'll ask them, like, oh, who's, like, one of your closest friends? They'll say a former teammate most times. Right. Because they've been with them for so much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting how, you know, going through adversity with somebody, it really forms that tight bond. Yeah. And, you know, I, first of all, I agree with you, Dre. I do believe that loyalty is important when it comes to cohesiveness. But... If you are a person that does not maybe value loyalty, quote unquote, when it comes to your teammates, you have to understand that other people on the team might value that more than you. Yeah. And just as you would with your family, with your team, you have to take that into account and 
when you speak with them or are speaking about them to someone else, you have to understand, okay, that person really values loyalty. There's some things maybe I shouldn't just say because that would rub my teammate the yeah. wrong way. Yeah. Know? And as you know, Dre, the stuff that happens off the court with the team is just as important as the stuff that happens on the court because it can either bring us together or separate us completely. But I, I agree loyalty is very important when it comes to cohesiveness. I don't think it's the end-all, be-all when it comes to success, but I think it is vital. Yeah, it's completely vital. Yeah. It, makes you, it makes people think, like, oh, I can lean on him, and he can do the same with me back. Right. And that, that, that type of bond carries over in the, on the court. So have you ever been on a team, you don't have to get specific, where you felt like some of the t- players on that team weren't loyal to you? Um, I would say I don't think I've been on a team like that, honestly. Yeah. 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 Because just imagine this, that. Imagine me and you having a conversation after practice, right? And then me coming on to the show and talking about what you said uh, privately to me just for viewership purposes. So, yeah, like that would – that's – that's when you know, like, all right, that went too far. Like, we're gonna, yeah. Like, like we some, we would have to exchange some type of words or anything like that after right. after your show, right? And those words need to be exchanged face to face. Yeah. And I think social media today, Dre, I'm sure you agree with me, has taken everything in terms of communication just has blown it out of proportion. Oh yeah. Yeah. By far. And you know, this is a message to young athletes: stay off social media the entire season. Just do it. There's nothing, unless you're forming a business during the season, there's nothing productive on social media during the season. Just stay off it. Because it's, it's a distraction, Dre. I'm telling you. People don't realize it, man. Social media can get you in trouble. It can, it, it can either help you or hurt you. Yeah. It's all how you use it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, Dre, you were in college, too. Like, they, did you guys ever have, like, seminars on how oh to, with Title oh, Nine? Yeah, it was, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Title Nine is, oh, yeah. People don't realize how how like <laughs> Title Nine goes everywhere. Like that is that is essential. I'm telling you. Oh, facts. Absolutely, I agree to 100. percent So loyalty, man, is key. Uh, loyalty is not a, tra- a trait that everyone's born with, though. So you have to take that into account when you are disclosing information with other teammates, though. Just to err on the side of caution. But then again, that could also uh, affect the the bond. You know, maybe you guys aren't as close because you got teammates that aren't willing to share things but loyalty is important in an essence though and it's all right i agree yeah good topic Drake. good topic uh let's you want to do some questions from the public man yeah sure i can do some today oh oh, now you can do some yeah man you know i'm here today i can do a little (laughs) bit now you're a permanent co-host now you got you got time now you got time for us now (laughs) let's see our first question is how do you go about fulfilling your goals in life and what keeps you consistent? Mm. Um, for me, how do I go to? I, I honestly, I like if this is this is great advice I got from someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you should do is like put your goal, like whatever it, it can be, lose ten pounds, do this, this, and that. Like put your goal, write it down, and put it up somewhere where you could see it every day to remind you. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, every time you get up, you're like, all right, let me make this goal. Like, let me make a mini goal yeah. for the day to, like, to get to that big goal. 
So that visual visualization. Yeah, is you key. gotta visualize it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because if you don't see your goal, who else wants to see it? Like that. Who else is gonna see it? Like, come on. That's a good point. Yeah. So do you think it's, it's cliche for people to do like New Year New Year goals and resolutions? No, I don't think so. I don't, I think that's a legit thing. Like you, sh- the only thing is like, it's hard to stick with that. But you just gotta realize like, okay, you like, you can't make drastic changes. Like it's gonna take small changes throughout yeah. the throughout the week, throughout the day, throughout the year. But why do you have to wait until New Year's to do it? Or why do you think some people wait until New Year's? Some people, I think some people wait until New Year's because it's like a, just like a festive thing. And they're like, oh, you know, New Year's. All right, yeah, it's a bit good, good thing to try. Yeah. And they don't really think about it until then. All right, okay. But yeah, but, you know, I would say, like, if, you know, somebody wants to change, like, New Year's is the best time to do it. You think so? Yeah, fresh start. New new day. What about so? Oh, okay. So you might have a different opinion than me. <laughs> How are you feeling about it then? I don't think you have to wait until New Year's to if you want. If you have a goal and you want to change whatever you want to accomplish anything, start 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 today. Don't wait till tomorrow. But when I say start today, I mean let's write it out. Like you said, write yeah. it out so you can see it. And after you write it out and you and you've not only written out but you've given yourself measurable goals like things you can actually measure so quantifiable things that you can measure you put it on put it somewhere you like you said somewhere you see it every day like on a mirror or on the wall you know next to your bed next to your workspace somewhere you can see it every day so it keeps you accountable yeah you know legit yeah and you know it has to start with starts with daily goals weekly monthly then yearly goals and like you were saying Dre, it has to start small and then you gradually progress to the bigger goals because those little goals that you uh, that you set for yourself is building a foundation for you to keep yourself accountable and move forward towards your goals as your goals start to become bigger. Because now you have the right mindset, you have the right thought process, you know the right way to go about achieving your goals because you started from ground level. Yeah. But no, I don't think you have to wait till New Year's. I think it's cliche. I mean... I I don't necessarily think New Year's, but I think that's just like the play. That's like the time that everyone's just like thinking, "Oh, I need to have a goal." Right. I, yeah, like you said, because it's the fest- festivities. Yeah, it's the festivities. Yeah, that are going on. Yeah, like yeah. you want to, you know, make a new, make a new you, like a better you, better version of yourself. Even though you're right, yeah, you should start it that day or that week or that hour. Like you, mm-hmm. it it's just eventually they'll start. That's how I see it. Yeah. And you can always be a better version of yourself. I agree. All right. What was the holiday schedule like for you guys over the holidays? <laughs> uh, gym, eat, sleep, repeat. <laughs> Literally, that's all we did. <laughs> maybe maybe watch some, some basketball games, some like film, some rewind film, film stuff, yeah. stuff like that. But Gym, eat, yeah, sleep, repeat. Gym, all eat, we did. sleep, repeat. Uh, we... We did oh recovery center. We did the recovery yeah. center more frequently than we usually do. Yeah, we actually had some time to do that finally. Yeah, um, it was nice. Yeah, but I mean, this is what I mean. We get paid to do this, so this is our job pretty much. So we don't <laughs> <laughs> we don't have much else to do, anyways. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, it was it's it's enjoyable though, I and mean, we love it. Yeah, yeah. You know, we would. I wouldn't want to do anything else. I don't know about you, Dre. No, nah, I actually have fun just like just being able to just go to the gym go to the weight room for like however long without even like thinking about like having to write a paper or anything like that like just doing that was was relaxing yeah yeah Yeah. i agree 100 percent uh speaking of holidays do you do they celebrate new year's in the uk oh my god 
guys, come on. We're it, come on. <laughs> we we I know we celebrate things hard, but they celebrate it like tough out here. It's what ridiculous. crazy, crazy. Uh, you were yeah. in London over New Year's, right? Yeah, man. How I was, was in that? London. It was beautiful. I got to see some fireworks. Yeah. Uh, you know, met some great people there. Mm-hmm. But I will ultimately say it was not that big of a difference between America and the UK for like New Year's. Really? Yeah. No, not not that big. Really? Okay. So. Would you do it again? Yes. Yeah. I would definitely go to London again for that for the New Year's. It was fun. Yeah. Hmm. I I, I wasn't in London, guys, for New Year's. I, was, I had other things going on. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're gonna leave it there, though. Yeah, I understand. I understand. <laughs> Loyalty, bro. <laughs> Loyalty. <laughs> uh, Super Bowl predictions. Uh, what you got, Trey? Should we leave that one? I think we should leave that one for the next next one. Yeah, we'll 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 give our Super Bowl predictions maybe next week yeah. after the AFC Championship game yeah. are done. Yeah, because I think it just pick, like picking out the Final Four is just a little, yeah. little early. Yeah. Here's what we'll do, guys. We'll give our championship game predictions next week or later on this week, and then we'll go from our Super Bowl, to our Super Bowl predictions from there. Yeah, that was a good one. Where? Okay, one answer, Dre. One yeah. answer. Where do you see Tua getting drafted? One team. Ooh. Who's is Burroughs over him right now in the mock? Yeah. Wow, I didn't expect that. Um Two is the number three prospect though. He's number overall. three? Prospect overall. Who's number yeah. two? Young. Chase Young. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, oh. All right. Um I can yeah, I I would say three. Whoever whoever needs a quarterback mm-hmm. is gonna go after him. Okay, what team? What team do you see him getting what drafted do, to? I honestly, I'm sorry, guys. I this is a bad one for me. This is a bad question, probably for me. No team. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you two options now. I'll give an option for you and one All right. option, yeah. for okay. option for you, Dre. New England. New England yeah. or where, where I think he's getting drafted? Yeah. Minnesota. What? I think he's gonna fall. I think he's gonna fall in the draft they because of gave, his injury. They just gave him not. Give me, him give me two over Kirk Cousins right now. <laughs> Ridiculous. Give oh me, God. give me to, give me a hurt to a right now over Kirk Cousins. Guys, I I don't know this man anymore. All right, I don't know. I do not know this man. He said, uh, "Guys, come on, give me a hurt to a right now over Kirk." Oh my God, Kirk has been he's been solid. Kirk is the worst over. I'm, I'm not wasting my time on my show talking about Kirk Cousins, man. Next question. Oh man, I'll see you in Minnesota, Tua. <laughs> Do you do you feel he's going to the Dolphins? All right, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Do you feel your personality is different off the court as opposed to on the court? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you should. It, everyone should be like that. I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, Dre is a lot more intense on the court as opposed to off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the, the biggest jokester and the the most fun person ever to be around off the court. Can't on ever, the court, can't ever have a serious conversation. Yeah. On the court, I'm just like, all right, we got to focus. Locked like, in. Locked yeah, in. For sure, for sure. Uh, I think it's, like you said, I agree with you, Dre. It's important to be like that, though, because if you're mild-mannered or calm on the, off the court, you can't bring that same energy on the court. Or You can be calm, but you have to have some level of intensity to you while you're on the court. Yeah. But, you know, you can't bring that same aggressiveness at all times when you're off the court. So I think it is yeah. important to have that separation between the two. Very true. Yeah, I agree. Uh, oh, this is a good question, Dre. This is going to be our last question, by the way. 
percentage, on percentage, how much of communication in b-ball in basketball, sorry, is nonverbal? Um, because you have to lean on the person, you have to trust them. Goes back to the loyalty part. I would say about probably about thirty to forty percent of it. Let's go thirty. Let's go like thirty-seven percent of it is nonverbal. Is nonverbal. Okay. You know, Dre. That's an interesting. That's an interesting percentage you gave. You know, think about think about the offense we just put in. Uh, early yeah. Week, a lot of mo- new motion offense with handoffs and ball movements. A lot of the mo- movements we see are reactionary. So we see we look at our teammates' eyes and we see they're giving the back door. Yeah. Looking the back door, or we see that uh, you know we see our teammate like have their hands raised in transition, so we get the ball to them, or you know we give them give each other high fives or pass on the back. You know, during dead balls or things like that. I would say that the percentage of nonverbal communication in basketball is 60. You go 60? 60%. Because think, think about it. So we have hand signals for our See, that's what off, I'm saying. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. you, you mean all that. I thought it was just like just cues of like body language and like people just the um, reaction time of things. I was assuming that they meant all sorts of nonverbal communication. Okay. Then if that, then it's, yeah, I would say like 50. I would say 50. 50. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Think about it, Drake. Think about it. We're, when we play in a tough or a very, think about it, when we played uh, in a loud environment, our first away game. Can't even hear anybody. Could, yeah. could you even hear us you calling out yeah, call signs, right? Yeah. yeah. We had to put call signs up. Um, That's why I was saying maybe 60%, I would say. Uh, yeah. I go. I would go 50. 50. I would, I would essentially go 50. Yeah. You know, basketball is very nuanced, man. Just, I love the game, bro. Man, love the game. telling you. Yeah. Uh, Dre, I think that was all the questions we had. Uh, guys, we appreciate you listening to us. Oh, sorry. Dre, any shout-outs before shout you out, leave? Shout-out to... And get it right of... this time, because last time we got some feedback. Right, for... <laughs> My bad, guys. My bad, all right? I'm going to go make sure I got this right. All right. Shout-out to my guy. His name is Brandon. Brandon Rimbert. Shout out to his name. Uh, you can follow him on IG. His name is B underscore Rimby. Mm-hmm. That again is B underscore Rimby. He's got a clothing brand. He's trying to, you know, get a jump started. Help my guy out. Go check out some of his clothing clothes. They're actually pretty dope. I plan on getting like a, you know, like a, a sweater of his. It's gonna be it's gonna be sick, I'm telling you. Okay. How, what about you? How how are you feeling? Who you got? Shout out to my former former uh housemate and very good brother of mine's akiva wedge he is currently on an nfl prospect coming from a d3 school running hey. back five undersized five eight but he led the conference in rushing this past season and he set a school record for rushing yards and touchdowns in a season so shout out to my boy Akiva wedge getting ready for his pro day love you bro uh, keep working hard guys we are so grateful for you to have joined us this show we're great to be. It's so great to be back. We will probably be back later on this week. Uh, we're gonna do a little special for you guys. Uh, but until next time, guys. Peace. Be safe. Have a good one, guys.